You are now entering the Bronx. Your hosts are the intrepid and all-knowing Jason T. Gaffney and the insipid and unknowing Kevin Held. Join these two buddies as they explore history and find the bright side in shitty things. Hello. Hello. You're on the bright side with Kevin and Jason. I'm your co-host, Kevin Held. And I'm your other co-host, Jason T. Gaffney. Go vote! Yes, please. It's voting day. It's it's voting day in California today that we are uh, recording this, primary voting day. So if you're listening to it after the fact... Go vote two weeks ago! Yeah. (laughs) Go back in time and vote, you lazy asshole. Uh, We hope you voted. Uh, Did you vote? I voted. Me too. I'm wearing my little sticker. That's how I knew. Ah. I was making sure the audience at home knew. Yay. Yeah. You can see it in your mind. You do. You vote. By uh, absentee. I do. But then you drop it off at home. I drop it off at the polling place Mm -hmm. on the day of because I like to feel like I'm doing something on the day of. Otherwise, I get super freaked out, Nancy. I get you. Uh, I like to do it at home in the comfort of my house. I'm permanent absentee. And then I just mail it away. Yeah. Although, I was again disturbed by the fact that I had to put a postage stamp on it. It bothered me. That's fair. Yeah, we pay tax dollars. We should just... Right. It should be free. What's this about? Yeah. Yeah. I vote for... I'm a California voter. I vote for every tax that they, like, <laughs> let, like offer. I'm like, like, yeah, sure, tax that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Totally. They're, they're the money. reason that we are the richest, like, state in the country mm-hmm. and the fifth richest economy in the world. Mm-hmm. It's because we tax ourselves. Well, that's true. Yeah. And I just give it... I just give it away. Like... Crazy amounts. Like, I love love taxes, love regulation. (laughs) I'm such a Democrat. I just love the (laughs) idea of, like, uh, Ted Lieu, Kamala Harris, Dianne Feinstein, and all those folks coming to my house and me just making it rain on them with tax dollars. Oh, yeah. You're your tax dollars. And instead of, like, doing a lap dance, they just, like, recite laws to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Wow. Make it rain. This is a weird, (laughs) weird dream, and I like it. I'm behind it. Also, I want Kamala Harris to be president. Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah, no, I'd vote for her. I'd, yeah. vote, I'd vote that fuck out of her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could, like, vote really hard. Yeah. But, you know, you could, you'd tear that little paper. I vote so hard that people don't shit right for a week. Whoa! Yeah. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> little voting smackdown. Deep plow voting. Wow. <laughs> I want the uh, institution to feel me after I'm gone. <laughs> You want them to text and be like, I'm still thinking about it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still thinking about how you voted me. Yeah. <laughs> when they tear open my absentee ballot, it just explodes in their face. <laughs> so yeah, we voted. Yeah. It's uh, also another gloomy, wonderful day. I know. I was thinking about it this morning. I woke up and I was like, I feel like every time Kevin comes over... I know that my plants are going to be happy because it's cool. Yeah. And then he's going to be happy because it's cool. Yeah. I like you want about, me happy. I do like you, you happy. Want me, no, you want me happy for this show. Oh, well. You don't want me to come in here with a gloomy attitude, which I'm going to if it's fucking sunny outside. <laughs> I, you know the movie Hocus Pocus? Of, do, uh, excuse me, I'm a gay person who grew up in the 90s, yes. <laughs> I know the movie Hocus Pocus. First of all, I always thought that the virgin candle guy was hot when I was younger. Well, like, you I didn't know that I was gay yet, but I was always like, he's so well-dressed. And I was like, <laughs> trying to justify why I was like attracted to him. Sure. But um, I, my favorite part of that movie was Bette Midler when she'd open the door and be like, another glorious morning makes me sick. <laughs> and uh, 
All I can think about is you every time it's sunny, like your fucking Winifred uh, Sanders. Oh, oh, that's wonderful. Like, that made my heart sing because, like, (laughs) if anyone in the world sees Bette Midler do a thing and thinks of me, like, I feel like I can go ahead and crawl under something and die. Which, so which sister would I be then? Would I be, um, uh... You're Kathy to Jimmy. Oh, yeah. Absolute, no question about it. (laughs) (laughs) Toes. Toes. That's, yeah. I love the vacuum. She's great. Uh oh. Bye bye. I haven't seen that movie in too long. I mean, uh, so shall long. we watch it? Yes. We should watch it. Okay, we're then... gonna put this on pause real quick. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to you guys. What a lovely viewing. Yeah, that was great. Thank you, Jason. Okay, let's get back to the show. Amok, 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 amok. All right, we're gonna put you on pause now. Shall we get to the show? I don't know. I mean, it's nice chatting with you and everything. Oh, well, first, we have to... Results of our poll. Oh! From our straw hat. More polls. More polls. It's not a straw hat poll, although it was sort of a straw hat poll. it is kind of a straw poll. How political. Okay. Um, So the poll came in, and it was a resounding thrashing. Right. Which happened a lot during the straw hat riots. (laughs) True. 70% of people were pro-hat. The the poll was pro-hat, anti-hat, or... not applicable to me. Right. 20% 20% I think it's hilarious came... that you added that little category. <laughs> Why would you give people an out like that? Fine. Because some people don't do hats, but they like hats. Then they'd be they... non-hat. I think it just it opened the doors for people to feel like their voice was heard. All right, fine. You're very inclusive. 20% of people said not applicable to me. Okay. And 10% said anti-hat. Okay. I want to know who the anti-hat person was. Right. Like, who's out there still fucking hating hats? I don't know, but, like, I'm for hats. So, okay. So that's... We did that. Well, We'll probably get a poll up maybe for every episode. I don't know. That's something. my goal. That's your goal. So I hope you're His goal listening. is polls. <laughs> yeah, I like polls. <laughs> I want to feel it in a week. And I'm sure you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So uh, we're going to get into the show now. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start the show the way we start every uh, episode with the bright spot. Yay! Something that's going on in the week right now. And I know... Give me anything good, Kevin. I will. I'm going to give you something completely so good. Is it going to be like that migraine no, thing? it's where not it's... like the migraine okay. thing. Like, you don't have to take the good with the bad on this one. Because that one kind of kicked me in the shins afterwards. Ha- no. Have you? <laughs> Shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, okay? okay? I promise you this. Have you heard of Spider-Man? I love Spider-Man. The current Spider-Man. I don't know who that is. His name is Mamadou Gassama. He's oh. 22 years old, and he is an, a migrant from Mali living in France. Okay. And he's being called Spider-Man because last week he saw a child dangling from a balcony. He was standing on the ground. Okay. The child was dangling from a balcony on the fourth floor. Jesus While Christ. its dad was, uh, I think, playing video games nearby and f- figured out that the child was outside and had fallen off the balcony. The father was trying to reach the kid. There's video of all this. It's insane. And this guy, Mamadou Gassama scaled the building four stories in under 30 seconds and grabbed the kid and put him back onto his own balcony. Saved the fuck out of this child, and it's incredible video to see. And now, this person from Mali is being offered French citizenship. I love that. And he's going to become a firefighter in France. I (laughs) love... 
<laughs> that is great news. First of all, I just want to start with saying that Spider-Man was one of my first crushes. Oh, okay, kid. sure, yeah. So, and like, you didn't I, know why. Well, I, I just right. like the You idea. were pretty sure it was also about the clothes, right? <laughs> I mean, it was he was tightly clothed, <laughs> and he could tie people up with webbing, so that was kind of fun. Yeah, it's all the... Yeah, it's, yeah, he's like a walking fetish. Yeah. Spider-Man and is. And kissing upside down. All the rubber thing yeah. and the bondage, and oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, I love it. I'm turned on again. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Well, he's That's... an attractive man also. I mean, like, in I addition to him. all of that. He's, well, well anyone who saved a of... kid, though. Well, that also, I mean, the act is incredible, but he's got, he was in, like, a, a like a regular shirt and jeans when he met uh, Emmanuel Macron in, in, like, Versailles in the palace, right? So, okay. he, so, which is amazing. So this is gilded hall, and he's sitting there just being normal, but he's uh, he's a beautiful man, uh, objectively. And, uh, and then, so he did this thing without thinking of himself. I mean, he didn't do it to get citizenship, right? It's an incredible act, okay. You know that he did, yeah. and and he's being rewarded justly, exactly rewarded justly for it. Yeah, yeah. What are we talking about today, Jason? Let's get into the meat of the show. We're talking about the dirty thirties. Ooh, what do you mean? Um, well, like the 1930s or mm-hmm. ooh, yeah. Okay, because so, I'm currently in my dirty thirties. I'm let in me my tell dirty thirties. I know. Yeah, they are. They're dirty. <laughs> yeah. My bathroom hasn't been clean in years. Oh. No, it's been clean. I'm I just can't. having tons of sex. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Dirty 30s were also known as the Dust Bowl. Ah, sure. We're talking Okies. We're talking Grapes of Wrath. Is that what we're talking about? I didn't know you knew the Okies. Well, I, I actually have family from Oklahoma. I Well played. My grandmother is uh, basically that grandmother from the Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. But instead of having to roll her over into California so she could die there, <laughs> we, she flew to California, and now my parents are taking care of her. She's 92. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, she flew there, and they just dropped her off so she could die there. I'm like, <laughs> they didn't roll her down a hill. They dropped her from an airplane. So that, yeah. Well, I'm glad she's doing well. She's fine. And not... I can mention this because she, can, she can't hear. <laughs> so I can talk all I want. Did you know that? You're you're responding to me in words. <laughs> I think you can hear some. It's like the episode Hush on Buffy. I don't know that show. What? You've never watched Buffy? Not really. Oh, God. I'm not into the same things you're into, Jason. I, yeah, you are. Well, A lot of the same things. Some of the same things. Anal. Sure. Games. Yeah. Anal games. Sure. But not Doctor Who and not Buffy, so stop trying. I didn't try with Buffy ever before. Well, you're about to. I know you, and don't try. There's some hot guys on it. That's what porn is for. You can fantasize more. Who needs fantasy? All right, so the Dust Bowl was a time in American history where the height of the Great Depression was going on. Sure. Basically, we fucked everything up so badly that yeah. the planet was like, peace, I'm so, gone. I've always wondered about this. It's like, was this just a perfect storm? Like, what happened? Like, the Dust Bowl got very bad at the same time as the economy, but it, it's, it's always felt to me, it's always seemed to me like it was like the economy fucked the Earth. Yes. Or something like that. So... It's a combo. Okay. It's like I a guess combo we'll get there, right? Every, yeah. Okay. So basically, let's learn about it. But, since okay. we're, we're both too young to have been in the Dust Bowl. Thank you for that. <laughs> for once. I have a friend who listens to the show who's also in the chorus with me. <laughs> and he's making age jokes now. <laughs> because he was also born in 1985. Oh! No, shut up. Yes! Mm. And he's My calling me old Hello, now. brethren. I hate you. I can't wait to meet him. Both. I want to meet him. You're never going to meet each other. I go to your show. No. Yeah. I will not introduce you. I want to be introduced. 
Good look luck. for me. Look for me at the gay men's corner. I'm not even telling you his name. Tell me your name. He'll probably come up to you. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, 1985 represent. Ugh. Anyway, we're both young in this episode. Fine, good. So, Thank you for that. You're like a little spring chicken. I hate you. So, okay. It basically was caused by both severe drought and the lack of knowledge of how to farm in dry conditions like a good farmer. Okay. They weren't able to prevent wind erosion. Okay. So basically there were four consecutive droughts, one after the other. Oh. 1930 to 1931. Okay. 1934, 1936, and then 1939 to 1940. Oh. It was like brutal. It was like boom, right. boom, boom. I mean like, boom. And uh, some of the places though had drought for about eight years straight. What? Yeah, it just started and it was just like, yeah. Jeez. None of the places though, even the ones that didn't get eight years after any of these droughts. It was like a hit. Sure. Yeah, because even if you do have like a year of reprieve, but then the next one you've got, you can't harvest things anyway. Right. It's awful. So the states that were affected mm-hmm. were Nebraska, Colorado, Kansas, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Texas. Mm-hmm. The worst places that were affected were pretty much Oklahoma, Texas, mm-hmm. New Mexico, Colorado. Okay. Can, well, I guess that's everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Nebraska kind of got hurt. Yeah, I think you already said that. All right, sure. <laughs> um, but Nebraska sort of got off. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the first drought was oversaw by the Republican president, Hoover. Okay. Um, who basically uh, is going to be a topic in a future episode because he is a big ball of shit. Oh, yay. Yeah, he is we'll tragic. We'll all the Hoovers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Ohio, all the way down to Mississippi, were affected in the first drought. Okay. To the point where people in Arkansas didn't even have enough crops to feed their families. Oh, wow. And Hoover refused to help them because he thought it would cause people to get weak. He's what? like, if we help them, you're going to get weak. So basically, Oh, like, so this is the birth of the modern Republican Party. Yeah. And if he, we help you, you'll just rely on us yeah. too much. It's, it's like telling someone with a broken bone, walk it off. Walk it off. It'll yeah. get better. And yeah. I'm like, no, it's going to be broken and you're fucked up for the rest of it. Anyway, the Dust Bowl was actually many years in the making. Sure. It started basically back to the Civil War. What? Yeah, that's how we can trace when it kind of, that's how its origins began. You're blowing my mind. After the Civil War, the uh-huh. federal government wanted people to move west and basically farm the shit out of the Grand Plains. And they did. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, so a bunch of federal land acts were passed to incentivize people to move out west and start the farmer life. Okay. Hashtag farmer life. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I see a lot of wide-brimmed hats yeah. in those a of, Instagrams. A lot of hay in the mouth. So the Homestead Act in 1862 basically promised anyone who went out west 160 acres of public land was now theirs. Sure. And Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman went out there, rode out there, and planted flags. Nicole... Oh, far and away. They uh, There's a land grab um, movie. scene in, in, that, in that movie. Oh. Yeah. Did they get it? Land? Yeah. Yeah, they grabbed it. Huh. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Did they grab it with consent? Uh, I think so. Okay, well then good. Mm-hmm. Next act would be the Kincaid Act. Okay. Uh, I guess Thomas Kincaid just went and painted a bunch or something. I don't know. Oh, no. Stop it. Ah, so anyway, it was Stop 1904. It. it was the Legislative Act of Light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it basically made the land free now instead of a filing fee. Okay. So before you kind of had to pay for it, but now it was like free. Jeez. And then you had like 20 bucks and you paid for it or whatever. So anyway, then the Enlarged Homestead Act of 1909 happened, which upped the acreage from uh, 160 to 320. You could just get 320 acres of free land? Yeah. From okay, the, the downside is it's in Oklahoma, but sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then the uh, again in 1916, the Stock Raising Homestead Act made it 640 acres. Good lord. Yeah, so you just go out there and be like, I want this state. <laughs> 
Yeah, and you get it. <laughs> um, basically, people were like, hell yeah, I want to go live with a place where tornadoes come and kill us. You know. Because it's free land. Free land, yeah. sure. Build a bunker and you're fine. They don't know what bunkers are. What? What? I know what bunkers are. Well, yeah. Oh, man, I would have done so good back then. You would have been great. Oh. You would have farmed the I'm, shit out I of I missed land. my time. I'm, I'm almost old enough for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the problem with all of this was basically all these people were heading out west virtually knew nothing about farming. What they did know oh. was useless in the climate that they knew nothing about. Uh-oh. Basically, the Great Plains were filled with grasses that had super deep roots, right? Okay. And deep roots are great because they trap both soil and moisture into the ground to help prevent wind erosion and, and they would be able to survive in droughts. Okay. So basically, like, you know, like, when we had the Great Fires recently? Yeah. And, like, all the plants died and then suddenly yeah. we had some, like, mudslides? Yeah. The reason we have mudslides is the plants die, the roots stop holding, and so when a mudslide hits, there's nothing to stop it. If a plant's alive when a mudslide starts, it can hold, the weight of the plant can kind of slow down the mud. Okay. You kill the plant. I'm really learning. I want want some popcorn or something. Okay, so people weren't thinking about that, obviously, because they didn't think about that. Apparently back in the late 1800s and early 1900s, people used to think that, quote, rain follows the plow. Because apparently... What's that mean? God blesses wherever the farmer goes. Oh, Lord. Yep. There we go. (laughs) Pretty much every demographic, from politician to scientist, Mm -hmm. said that if you made a wild wilderness into a farm, Mm -hmm. that nature would figure it out and rain would join you. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't see how this can go wrong. Wait. No, I do. Yep. I just like the idea of a scientist being like, yeah, that holds that holds water. But not literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, wow. I love that they just thought you could like terraform a planet because you were plowing it. Well, I just love the idea that God would sort of follow along. You yeah. know, it's like if God created an arid landscape yeah. where nothing really giant, nothing <laughs> large is growing, just plow the shit out of it. Yeah. And then, you know, it'll all work out because God will follow you. Yeah. Oy. Well, also, here's the other great thing. Like, if, if God made stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, God makes this a beautiful wilderness where right. all the animals are in harmony. Right. So you go there, burn it down. Right. It's real purpose, though. Is... And then he'll reward you for burning down his masterpiece. <laughs> right. Manifest destiny yeah. downside. Yeah. Of, yeah. I mean... um, you know, so basically, uh, people were persuaded by manifest destiny. Sure. And uh, it was an idea, mid-late 1800s. God wanted them to not only spread across the continent, but uh, they wanted everyone to enjoy their democracy and capitalism. Sure. Because God said so. God said so. Okay, so that plus... Yeah, because God. (laughs) Love it. Manifest destiny, basically, plus the fact that when people showed up, it was an unusually wet few years. Uh, people Sorry. were like, this is perfection. I know. <laughs> the people showed up and the, and the earth was like, I'm so I'm wet. so wet for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it didn't know that it was going to be in a fucking abusive relationship. No. It was like, this guy's so funny. Yeah, see, like, it's what funny. what are you doing? Like, it always starts out so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, here's the other fun thing. It actually wasn't until about 1890 when people started growing row crops. They started... Rogue crops? Rogue crops. Oh, row crops. I was like... Rogue. I have one stalk of corn. It's a mile away. Yeah. Fucking out of nowhere. Yeah, it's a rogue. Right. And this one right here, I have a single rhubarb plant. What? Yeah. I've never had rhubarb plant. I have. It's really good. Is it good? Yes. Uh, Okay, so basically, first the farmers brought cows to graze. Mm -hmm. uh, But it would be too cold and harsh for the cows in that area. Oh, dear. Yeah, so they're, like, not loving it. No. And then the cows... You know, it's like, just leave. If if, if cows won't... If if the land won't sustain a cow, just go. It's time to go. Keep going west. You know, wrap up, Grandma. Go west now. (laughs) 
<laughs> Save yourself the trouble. She's like, ooh, this is so snug. I'm like a burrito. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm rolling. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> rolling, rolling, rolling. Into California. <laughs> Get that granny rolling downhill. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, in addition to that, the cows basically ate everything up and there was no more like grazing stuff. So and that's like, cows for you. Yeah. So the 1910s and the 1920s brought about a few decades of economic booms, and uh, along with it, the need to have a ton of wheat. Okay. Thank you for wheat. properly placing the H in the wheat. Where is the wheat? In Oklahoma. <laughs> in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> so the farmers were going to do the right thing. They deep plowed the virgin topsoil Ooh. to remove all the Hold native on. grasses. I'm getting warm. Yeah. Oh. They were Say like that again? they deep plowed mm-hmm. the virgin topsoil. Mm-hmm. They they plowed it so deep mm-hmm. that virgin topsoil mm-hmm. was screaming. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. You may continue. <laughs> so uh, they basically removed all the native grasses. Okay. Got rid of those r- pesky roots sure. that would keep grasses growing back mm. to make way for millions of acres of wheat and corn, etc. Mm-hmm. And if that was sassafras, yeah. rhubarb. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I got some sassafras in my yard. <laughs> All right, that's a good start for the Oklahoma uh, accent, but we're going to continue to work on it. <laughs> I fucked my wife. All right, it's a good phrase. It's a good phrase. It's good. That's how it's supposed to be. But a plowed a deep virgin topsoil. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's good. I basically fucked her boobs. <laughs> going on. <laughs> you get so dirty all the time. <laughs> she real dirty. Well, oh, we are talking dirty 30s. Covered we? in dirt. Just keep reading. Eat them pork. Disturbing me. He's looking me right in the eye when he's saying this. Stop it. Vagina. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so, if that all wasn't enough, they weren't playing smart in them their winters. Okay. Uh, cotton farmers that came to the area were leaving their fields bare in the winter when it's most windy. Okay. And then they were burning away. What are they supposed to do? Well, you plant natural grasses back in to give nutrients to the soil, have the roots go in, and hold the dirt in place. Um, They were then also burning away anything that was growing, like the natural grasses before spring, burning away any food for upcoming crops and future plants. Oh, wow. So things are already starting to look bad for the future. So it's the Dust Bowl's pretty man-made. It's mostly man-made. Wow. The droughts happened for a couple of reasons, but right. once the Dust Bowl started, it kind of fed it. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so here comes the bonus round. Woohoo! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you spun the wheel and we landed on death and destruction. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Great Depression hits and the price of wheat plummets. Okay. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so what do the farmers decide is the right thing to do? Shoot themselves in the head? That would be the right thing to do. Oh, they didn't they, decide it was. No. Okay. They double down and deep plow the land doubly hard. Oh. And twice as much land. Oh. To make twice as much wheat. No. So that they could break even with the new low prices of the wheat. Oh, God, really? Yeah. So they're like, well, it's not going well. The land's not enjoying it, so I'm going to fuck it twice as hard. Oh, man. It's like, no, the land said, please stop. Mm-hmm. Please stop. Oh, no. So, now the land's completely fucked. So the drought started, and the wind began to blow as it normally does in the middle of the nation, mm-hmm. and the Dust Bowl was underway. Okay. In 1931, dust storms would start becoming a thing. 
Like, it was a thing. Right. A quote from History.com. By 1934, an estimated 35 million acres of formerly cultivated land had been rendered useless for farming, while another 125 million acres, an area roughly three-quarters the size of Texas, was rapidly losing its topsoil. What? Fun fact about topsoil. It's what's needed for plants to grow. Okay. Without topsoil, you basically don't get life. Uh-huh. Yeah. As a gardener, is this just, is this destroying you this, a little bit? Well, it's destroying me, but this episode is also, like, giving me a massive hard-on, because yeah. it's all about gardening. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of plowing, a lot of virgin topsoil. You have a lot of conflicting feelings happening right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm I just think. like, somebody give me a tomato plant, I need to stroke it. <gasps> <laughs> It gives me comfort. It's like a therapy plant. Oh, I thought you meant like... Oh, no, I don't need to jack off of tomato plant. all right. Although they do squirt if you chew them the right way. Oh, boy. Oh. (laughs) Um, Okay. During this time in history, Mm -hmm. uh, these dust storms were so big and powerful that they were called, quote, black blizzards. Wow. They basically were like uh, blackout conditions, similar to like whiteout conditions. Whiteout conditions are weird because everything's so white and it's bright and you feel like you're in like one of those voids. Yeah. You know like when you're like in nowhere land? Well, yeah. No. But sure. Oh. I mean, I've never been to nowhere land myself. Come with me. Nowhere. (laughs) In a land with no imagination. (laughs) It's just white. I'm in a land with no imagination a lot. Not, 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 yeah. That's sad. Oh, you know. In 1932, there were 14 of these dust storms. Okay. In 1933, there would be 38 or possibly 48 of them. Oh. It's conflicting sites, but it doubled in sizes. Worse. These black blizzards were so bad that they would fill the air for days at a time. Like days. Blocking out the sun, and it would find its way into homes that were closed up and sealed really well. And it Mm. would cover the floor, furniture, food, all the Fs. And skin. Sure. Face. Face. There you go. Face. 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 RuPaul. <laughs> Get with it. Nope. I also don't follow that. I want you... I'm, I'm sorry, like... Millennial. I have other stuff. Okay. Jim Croce. Who? Exactly. Who is that? Fuck you. I'm not telling. All right. Well, you know, you can go be old in the corner. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Children now had to wear masks to get to and from school. Yeah. Women were hanging wet sheets up over the windows. Uh, I think it didn't help the light situation in the house because it's already dark and dusty out, but they're hanging wet sheets to trap the dirt from coming in their homes. Yeah. But, like, the sheets are going to dry out real quick because right. they're dusty. And then the dust is going to have dirty sheets. Yeah. Which I guess they're going to be dirty anyway. They're, yeah, they're muddy now, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, sorry, I went off in my mind, uh, which I, because I do have an imagination. I was thinking, like, my grandmother was there. She was, was just here? a picture. Well, yeah, sure. She's from Oklahoma, and she's 92. And so she was in the Dust Bowl. Absolutely, she was. And I never really thought to talk to her about it, but, I mean, she was a person hanging wet sheets up in windows. She was this person. Was she a mother at that time, or yes. was she a kid at this time? Mm. No, she was a kid right now. So her mother was hanging wet sheets. Well, I'm sure she helped. I don't know. She's wearing a mask. She can't see. Let's say my grandmother helped. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Can we say that my grandmother is a helpful but person? She, well, she could be helpful, but maybe you want your kid to be away from the dust. You, it's in your house. You can't... <laughs> my my grandmother's a helpful person. She's very sweet. She makes fried pies. Ooh. That's right. I love a fried pie. Well, you're not going to get any if you keep denigrating my grandmother and say she was not a helpful person is when she, she was 10. <laughs> Fuck you. Get on the farm and plow them fields, Granny. Okay. 
I don't think she was called Granny yet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was. She was ten. <laughs> Grandma, ten year old. I hate you. <laughs> uh, homes at this point were all but impossible to keep clean. Okay. Chickens would go to bed during the day because they got confused and thought it, it was nighttime. Wow. That's how dark it got. Oh my god. Uh, tumbleweed. Well, would... also, chickens are very stupid. Yeah. So. I'm a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they think. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> In the morning? Nope, till night. Good night. <laughs> uh, tumbleweed would get caught in people's fences, and then dust would get caught on the tumbleweed, and it would create sand dunes. Fences would get buried. Oh my god, they were like sand. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some people said it was similar to uh, like snowdrifts uh, right. blowing around, yeah. basically. But it would melt, obviously. No, it would stay there. Dirt, yeah. Because uh, of all this dust and soot in the air, people were developing uh, dust pneumonia. God! Where not only did they have pain in their chest, but they would also struggle to breathe. Oh, Lord. Uh, See, this is... I'm getting so uncomfortable with this right now. I just... I Oh! It, being, it, like, dusty, dirty kind yeah. of thing is like, I will never go to Burning Man. Stop asking me, Nick. I will never go, because I don't want to be disgusting and dusty. This bothers me so much. So wait, are you like... Dirt in your butt? No. Nah. Are you like a total clean freak, then? No, I'm not a total clean freak, but I mean, like, to be caked in dirt? Yeah. No. Thank you. There's a thing that's kind of like, I like the, like, handyman fantasy, where, like, they get dirty at work, and then they come home, and you're just like, yeah, I want to ravage you. Yeah, they come home to a shower. I'm like, I will go and hike and be dirty. I'll take it. I'll, like, I'll have a dirty day. Like, I'm not, I don't have to be clean all the time. Okay. But to not be able to get clean at the end of the day, like, to not finish the day with a shower, a hot shower... Or whatever. You could just have Nick throw a bucket of water on you. No, not enough. <laughs> not enough. We do that for sexy playtime, okay? That's different. <laughs> You're clean now. Yeah. Yeah, here. That ice bucket challenge thing really turned me on, so we just do that every day now. You just scream mm-hmm. each time. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, this this bothers me yeah. very much, the idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if anyone knows me, they know that I hate pneumonia. What the hell? What? Like, who doesn't hate pneumonia? Well, I just, I, I don't like... like... I was like, oh, I know Jason Gaffney really well. He hates pneumonia. What, <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, here's the thing. I, I, I don't like being sick at all. Okay. I get really bitchy. Okay. But, like, I really hate pneumonia because the worst thing for me is not being able to breathe. Okay. So, like, pneumonia is, like... The worst. <laughs> Thanks for letting us in to this intimate uh, knowledge of you. Yeah, Thank it, you for being so vulnerable and letting us know very... you hate pneumonia. All right, Mr. Can't Have <laughs> Dust in His Butt. Whatever, that's <laughs> different. All right, Dusty Anus. <laughs> oh, man. Danus. Okay. So the number of people who died from this ranged somewhere in the hundreds to the thousands mm-hmm. from dust pneumonia. Mm. During this time, in 1933, FDR would replace the tragedy Herbert Hoover as president mm-hmm. and would begin undoing the crazy mess that Hoover and his fellow Republicans did in creating the Great Depression. All right, FDR. He would win the election in a landslide. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That and and so it was it was one of the landslides created by the Dust Bowl of and course. they held the election. It was such a huge landslide they were able to do a whole election in it. They couldn't stop it. Right. He, and and he won it right all in that mess. Mudslide, there was it cost billions of dollars in damage. And at the end it was like it was like huge destruction and then he was like, right, I'm president now. Yeah. <laughs> and Herbert Hoover rolled was like, out. Ah, shucks. He rolled out on his wheelchair. I was like, "Whoa, that was dirty." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now back to the mess of yes. the Dust Bowl. 
One of the first terrible dust storms was on May 11th, 1934, uh, where the storm was so big and powerful that it reached all the way to the East Coast. Whoa. Over what? Two, really? It was over 2,000 miles away. Boy, yeah. And it blocked out monuments like the Statue of Liberty and the U.S. Capitol. A dust storm did that? Yep. In 1934? Yep. Okay. At this point, what? the dust was a huge problem for 27 states, and it was covering over 75% of the nation. Good Lord. Yeah. So here's something to, for it's all those climate deniers out there. <laughs> Just because you deny it doesn't mean you're not fucking the rest of us. <laughs> so take your head out of your ass and get with it. Wow. Um, deny it all you want, but like... It's happening. We can't see the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. That's the metaphor for you. Also in 1934, there was a record where it was the hottest year on record until 2014. Mm-hmm. That was what I read. I don't know if that's completely accurate, but it basically they're like, it's the hottest year ever. Mm-hmm. 29 days in a row featured temperatures of 100 degrees or hotter. Mm-hmm. So not only is it the Great Depression and it sucks, it's dusty everywhere and it's fucking hot. Now here's the reason I think it got so hot: mm-hmm. the dust blocking out the sun, trapping heat in. Oh, there you go. Because when it's cloudy, I'm it sorry, actually... that's a little too sciency for me. <laughs> Science is sexy. Uh, I don't know. Not when it's not when it's heat trapping dirt. That's not sexy. You know what I want you to put this beaker? I don't know. Up your butt. My butt. <laughs> what? Why is this a dom-sub relationship all of a sudden? Beaker butt. Oh, God. They call him Beaker butt. <laughs> so, oh. the very worst storm, however, would be on Sounds April. like a Bond villain. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Da-na-da-na. It's Beaker, beaker butt. butt. <laughs> Gold finger. Don't clench. And Beaker butt. <laughs> Ah! <laughs> it's everywhere. Oh, no. Um, All right, sorry. So the very worst storm, however, would be on April 14th, 1935, where winds hit uh, the Oklahoma Panhandle, mm-hmm. which is the part of Oklahoma that would hit the worst, like okay. that portion of Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, and raised up over 3 million tons of topsoil and swept it away. What? 3 million tons what? of topsoil. How is there any left? Fucking wow. The wind would be tracked at about uh, 60 miles per hour. Okay. So it's really fast wind. Sure. Uh, Avis D. Carson is quoted as writing this in a New Republic article. Mm -hmm. Quote, the impact is like a shovel full of fine sand flung against the face. People caught in their own yards grope for the doorsteps. Uh, Cars come to a standstill for no light in the world can penetrate that swirling murk. We live in the dust... Eat it, sleep with it, watch it strip us of our possessions, and the hope of possessions. It is becoming real. Jeez. And all I can think of is, it's just now becoming real? It's yeah. 1935. Where yeah. have you been for the last five years, boo? Yeah. A lot of people left already. Yeah, that oh, dust has in is way up in you. Like, if you're not noticing it now... Mm. Mm. All right, Avis. That sounds just... That sounds like hell on earth. Yeah. So, the Spearman reporter, March 21st, 1935, would write, quote, Spearman and Hansford County have been literally in a cloud of dust for the past week. Ever since Friday of last week, there hasn't been a day pass, but what the county was besieged with a blast of wind and dirt. On rare occasions when the wind did subside for a period of hours, the air had been so filled with dust that the town appeared to be overhung by a fog cloud. Because of this long siege of dust and every building being filled with it, the air had become stifled to breathe, and many people have developed sore throats and dust colds as a result. Jeez. Now, here's something. When we had the fires, mm-hmm. Matt and I, we sleep with our windows yeah, open. You can feel it, And yeah. we woke up, and it felt like we were in a fireplace, and we both got horrible colds mm-hmm. and sinus infections because mm-hmm. the, the air was not pure. Mm-hmm. And that air was like nothing compared to this. Right. This is like being in the upside down. Yeah, completely. In uh, Stranger Things. I mean, it sounds awful. 
I had a sore throat recently. Yeah, but it was just bruised. Mm. Sorry, big dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they call me. <laughs> uh, they call you Beaker Butt. No, they call me Big Dick. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this day would be called Black Sunday. Okay. This big storm. Yeah. And it would lead to the news finally coining the phrase, the Dust Bowl. There we go. Okay. Finally. Whew. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I would argue that the worst of this was in 1936 when another heat wave would hit in June with temperatures reaching over 120. Mm-hmm. Uh, over 1,600 people would be killed during the heat wave. Jeez. Um, I also read that 3,500 people drowned trying to cool off, but I don't really understand. I think that's a typo. <laughs> I don't think 3,500 people drowned. We were trying to cool off where? In, like, like in the horse trough or something? I don't know. Like, Well, if 3,500 people were trying to cool off in the same place, they could drown. It'd have to be a pretty big lake. No, no, that's the point. It was a very small lake, and 3,500 people were trying to cool off in it, and they all drowned. Okay. This is That happened. Absolutely. Okay. No question. <laughs> the last major drought of these four horsemen, 1939-1940, uh, mm-hmm. was joined with another crazy heat wave. Okay. During this time, many, many people sure. uh, left the states affected by the Dust Bowl. Right. Around 2.5 million people left the Great Plains and sought life the, elsewhere. The Okies. Yeah. The reason that they left their farms was because the... Uh, because it's hell on earth. Because they were living in the upside down. We understand. We know why they left, for God's sake. It was like, yeah, okay, so, you know, there's there's dust for days on end and 120 degrees and you can't grow anything and your house is completely eaten by dust and there's sand dunes where your car used to be, but why are you leaving? Yeah, and there's chickens asleep. That's, yeah, that's definitely the worst of it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't make them chickens wake up, ma. I'm leaving. <laughs> I can't wake up the chickens. I can't do this in Oklahoma anymore. I can't wake up the chickens. My grandmother's ten. <laughs> I have to go. Come on, Grandma, ten-year-old. We gotta roll you up and get you to California. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, uh, all right. So, in uh, 1933, farmers were so desperate for money that I guess they killed over six million pigs to lower the amount of pigs alive and thus drive the prices up. Whoa! Uh, there was an outcry from people who were starving around the nation about wasting food. Yeah. Now, I read elsewhere though that the government actually encouraged this and actually took the six million slaughtered little piggies and gave them out to the poor and hungry. So I don't like. I read it from both sides. So mm-hmm. it was one of these pieces where I was kind of like, I don't know, and I just can't figure it out. So. Take your pick, history. Okay. Is this a good thing or is it a bad thing? Yeah. All right. However, FDR is quoted as saying... I'm going to go with it's a good thing because okay. it raised the price of pigs that were not slaughtered yeah. and uh, or were like Gave going to food. be and it, and it fed some yeah. hungry people. Yeah. So I'm going to go with all good here. All right. Unless yeah, you're a pig. Well, yeah, which makes me sad. I love pigs. Uh, sure, you I do love pigs, but you piggy. also eat pigs, so... Only if it's necessary. Bacon is necessary. I think we can agree. Not necessary. It's completely necessary. I only eat bacon if there's literally nothing else. Literally nothing else. So you've never eaten bacon then in your life? No, I've eaten bacon. Oh, when it was the only thing available? I'm just saying, have you been to a wedding where like there's hors d'oeuvres and yeah. there's one that's bacon and the rest are all crab and you're a shellfish allergic? Mm-hmm. Then bacon mm-hmm. becomes the only thing you can eat. Right, because you have to eat. Sure, yeah. I'm. Do you, you have to eat? You have to eat during a cocktail hour. It, have you been hangry? <laughs> Because I have flipped a table. <laughs> you haven't lived until you've flipped a cocktail table at a wedding reception. <laughs> or put a beaker up a butt. Oh, God. You haven't lived. Here's a Bunsen burner. Wow. Um, <laughs> That's 
that's a real escalation. It's <laughs> 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 like when when the old, the usual sex games are just not doing it for you anymore. I do it so I can feel something. <laughs> <laughs> I've been plowed so hard, I've lost all feeling. I'm moving to California. <laughs> so, uh, during this piggy massacre, uh, FDR is quoted as saying... Oh yeah, we're talking about things. <laughs> <laughs> quote, Let me make one point clear for the benefit of the millions in cities who have to buy meats. Last year, the nation suffered a drought of unparalleled intensity. If there had been no government program, if the old order had obtained in 1933 and 1934... That drought on the cattle ranges of America and the Corn Belt would have resulted in the marketing of thin cattle, immature hogs, and the death of these animals on the range and on the farm. And if the old order had been in effect those years, we would have had a vastly greater shortage than we face today. Our program, we can prove it, saved the lives of millions of heads of livestock. They are still on the range, and other millions of heads are today canned and ready for this country to eat. All right. So basically his thought was, we killed these so that it wasn't like two million pigs trying to eat enough for one million food. Yeah. So one million get to be fat and alive, and the other one million get to be eaten. Sure. And, uh... Yeah, so... That makes sense. 44, uh... 440,000? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 44 Oklahomans For- left Oklahoma. What's the big deal? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 440,000 Oklahomans left Oklahoma, and about 250,000 of those who fled moved to California. Okay. These people would be called Okies. Sure. There were about uh, 2.5 million people who fled the Midwest during this time, by the way. Oh, wow. About one-third of these people, the Okies, mm-hmm. moved to California, moved into the San Joaquin Valley okay. uh, to presumably farm again, since that's a farm-rich an- area. Okay. They were trying to get work, and this actually led to one of the largest agricultural strikes in America. It lasted over 24 days, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's a topic for another day. I, I can already tell it is. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like, that, we should dig into that. Like, yeah. We can dig into the topsoil of that yeah. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we can deep plow into that. Yeah, let's let's deep plow it. Yeah, we'll tag we'll we'll plow Apple the Tower the shit of that topic. virgin topsoil. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> when the Okies got to California, they faced discrimination mm-hmm. and terrible conditions. Yeah, because we're people. They, they were refugees, and you know, us being a Christian nation, we treat refugees like shit really well. So wherever they went, I'm going to translate for you know. They, <laughs> Wherever they went, they were offered shit jobs for shit pay. Uh huh. Sure. Um, I mean, oh, so they had nice benefits, and they yeah, were you know, satisfied at work. Cool. Was slapped in the face <laughs> with dicks. Um, a lot of them. Sounds lived... great. <laughs> You're like, sign me up. Yeah, I need another brew in my mouth. They call me Oki. Yeah. <laughs> it's Oki because I'm okay. <laughs> uh, a lot of them lived in shanty towns and uh, lived near irrigation ditches. Because okay. that's where they were allowed to live. Okay. Before long, anyone who was fleeing the Dust Bowl, whether they were from Oklahoma or not, were now all being called Okies. Okay. In fact, in 1936, James E. Davis, who was the police chief in Los Angeles, sent over 100 men to the borders of Arizona and Oregon to keep out Okies, or as he called them, quote, undesirables. Oh, dear. And the ACLU sued the city. Mm. I wasn't able to find out more about that. I'm assuming the ACLU won. I'm also thinking James E. Davis might be a topic for another day. Yeah, yeah. he sounds like a person we should dig yeah, into. Sure, little yeah, yeah. shithead. Love that guy. Um, okay, also, why the fuck are we sending our police from L.A. to fucking Oregon to stop people coming to L.A.? Yeah, what about, yeah, jurisdiction. Yeah. There seem to be like there's some jurisdictional issues here. Problems, yeah. No? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, the Okies would inspire John Steinbeck's book, The Grapes of Wrath. What? Yes. Okay. I'm sure nobody knew that. No. Uh, after the great... Man, bury the lead. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's all a red herring. <laughs> After the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl, a large portion of the refugees would mm-hmm. return to their home states. Okay. However, a ton would remain, and about one-eighth of California is of Oki heritage. Oh, look at that. Which really? I believe is probably you and your Well, family. no, actually. No. Oh. Well, my, my, the Oklahoma part of my family is my step-family. Oh. Yeah, we're all West Coasters, like, biologically. So you're not special, then? <gasps> You're not oaky special. Well, I'm not oaky strong, no. I told you I don't like being dirty. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't have been the ones who moved back, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Shit. But you are special. No, and You're actually, well, thank you, but yeah. my, my 10-year-old grandmother, she stayed. Like, their family stayed. I know. They lived through this and they stayed. They're like, we can do this, we strong. That's right, they're oaky strong. Yeah. Black Sunday was truly an epic day for another reason as well. Okay. Uh, FDR had sent out an advisor, Hugh Hammond Bennett, mm-hmm. out to the Dust Bowl to find out what the fuck was going on. Because he's like, I'm president now and I need to know what the fuck's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he couldn't walk, so. <laughs> he could have wheeled there. I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like a little train I can. Uh. Um, he was actually keen on doing something to fix this nation that was falling apart after years of neglect from the former governor, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Hugh Hammond Bennett came to Washington, D.C. to talk about Congress, about fixing the problem, and as he was speaking, the dust storm showed up and blocked out the sun. It's me. He, what are you doing here? I'm blocking the sun. Stop that. <laughs> Mortified. <Yeah. laughs> Go ahead. Give your talk. Sorry. That's mortifying. What were you trying to say? Um, okay. (laughs) (laughs) He would say, he's quoted saying, this gentleman is what I've been talking about. (laughs) Everyone in Congress was like, oh, God, who let that guy in? (laughs) Uh, Congress responded by passing the Soil Conservation Act right away. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Remember when Congress did stuff? Yeah, I remember that. And they did it fast? Yeah. <laughs> In addition to that, the government flew airplanes over the de- devastated landscape to survey uh, which land was in the most need of help and relief. Wow. I like the idea of people being down there with little, like, rocks written out help, and they're, like, waving to the planes, and the planes are like, oh, look at them, they're so cute. I'm sure that's how it happened, yeah. too. Like yeah. a desert island. Adorable. Yeah. They were so cute. <laughs> we're dying. They're written, oh, how adorable. Yeah. The government uh, established the FS. RC, the Federal Surplus Relief Corporation, to help regulate whether when there was too much of one food or livestock, oh. and help make sure, sure that it wouldn't go to waste, and that the farmers wouldn't go broke. Mm-hmm. So basically, they would like take the food, buy it, and give it to relief organizations to feed the poor. Okay. So like if, this, if the market wasn't buying right. it, they would buy it. In 1935, they bought a bunch of cows that would have died otherwise, and saved the farmers from bankruptcy, and helped use the cows that were going to die anyway to give for food. See? Yeah. So FDR ordered the Civilian Conservation Corps to plant a giant living tree wall. Oh. It basically is not one giant living tree. It's a bunch of trees that are <laughs> giant. They <laughs> transplanted it from the uh, Avatar Narnia, planet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> basically, over 200 million trees were planted from the span of Canada down through Texas to create a wind barrier oh. to help water stay in the soil Did and to help work? the soil from leaving. Yes. Does this work? Yeah. Um, trees was the answer. <laughs> trees was the answer we were yeah. looking for. Wow. The government right. then sent all the farmers to school. I mean, not literal school, <laughs> Which but it's not easy to do. Yeah, they're like, I want to go to school. And it turned out they had to walk there two miles uphill, uphill both ways. In the dust storm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Paw. Paw. <laughs> um, well, they taught them how to practice uh, farming in a much more environmentally friendly way. And they would pay the farmers a dollar an acre for using the new method. Okay. In 1938, the soil blowing was reduced over 65%. 
because of the trees and better farming practices. That's crazy to me. That that quickly that they're wow. able to do this. The government would continue helping farmers for years to come, even after the final drought, because mm-hmm. um, the land was devastated. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the Dust Bowl was finished, it affected over 100 million acres of land. Mm. Over 75% of topsoil had been stripped off the land during this time. God, and I think it, it, made, it also made its way to California. Right, yeah. And became the uh, sand dunes of Oceano. Yeah. How lovely. Thank you. Hi. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks for Dust your land. Yeah. I just got a whole new batch of Oklahoma land. Yeah, it's like in my yard. Came down from an epic ATV experience today. Whoa. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Dust Bowl. It would take a really long time for the economy to recover because all the banks in uh, the Dust Bowl area failed first during the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. And farmers couldn't get enough money to change their farming ways right away, so they still spent years farming the wrong way. That's oh. why like, they started paying them like do it this way right pay you. it wouldn't be really until the late 1950s i think mm-hmm. that farms would start shifting their ways fully this part was a little unclear like when farming got better right it seems like it's still well, not it seems great. like it started getting better right away you know right but that being said we're at the risk of seeing another dust bowl what do you mean the trump administration. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that you're talking about a college football game now no we should really have a dust bowl though don't you think? yeah you just a bunch of football players covered in dust running around Ooh. How is that hot to you? I'm sorry. You don't want to be I dusty? Wanna, no, but I'll have other, I'll watch other dusty people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you like plumbers? No, because they're dirty and dusty. No, they're not dusty. They're greasy. There's difference. Uh, you can just slip right on in. I mean, <laughs> like athletes being all dusty. Mm, I'm good with it. I used to uh, slide into home when I played baseball. Mm-hmm. I would get dusty. That see, that's this is what we come to you for these these scintillating stories <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm an athlete. <laughs> uh, all right. So the reason we're at risk of seeing another dust bowl yeah. is because the Trump administration has apparently told farmers to not worry about things that are proven to help climate change. Okay. They also seems fine. Uh, have rolled back regulations and are handing out money to farmers who tear down the trees to plant more. Oh. So. Okay. We've kind of reached the bright side. We have? Yeah. Yay! Yay! We made it through. We're in California! (laughs) (laughs) Look, Grandma, we made it! (laughs) Oh, she died back in Nevada. Oh. Oh. What? Is that true? (laughs) No. What? My grandmother? No, in the story. Oh, no. Oh. Maybe. I never read Grapes of Wrath. What? I didn't need to read it. I think she did actually die in Nevada. Oh, God, that's terrible. Sorry. Anyway, to the bright side. Oh, sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> so, all right, there's still a ton of people farming the right way today. Okay, good. There's tons of places. Like, I know Disney has been trying to work with people about farming. Uh, in, Disney? Yeah, Disney has, uh, they're doing a lot of hydroponic farming. Really? And uh, eco-friendly farming. If you ever oh, go to Epcot. For go to, weed? What? Of weed? No, it's like no. fruits and vegetables. Oh, and fine, like, Okay. I, I assume Mickey is high all the time. How could he be that, like, perky otherwise? <laughs> yeah, totally. Hey, kids. <laughs> Want to go on a roller coaster? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so, so they, they did any farms hydroponically, and, mm-hmm. and other places like that are really actively trying to get farming out there and okay. helping people. Uh, more and more people are growing organic farms at home mm-hmm. to farm on their own. And the trees that are out there are helping to keep the Dust Bowl from happening again. Good. Uh, millions of trees. And people now also know about how to, like, plant native plants. So we learned. So yeah. the, one of the bright sides is we actually learned how to live and farm in that actual environment instead of, like, taking 
farming techniques that worked other places and right. bring them into a place where they're completely alien. Right. Well, and that's the thing is that it's like when you're farming in a desert. Right. Like if you're if you're doing a shoot, what's it called when you like bring water desalination mm-hmm. and you like bring it to the desert mm-hmm. on a desert coast and you're farming there, you can't farm the same way as on the east coast right like there's certain plants where like if you spray it with water in the middle of the day the sun's gonna burn it uh-huh and then the plant will die right so like you have to be cotton about how hot it is so like and then if it's in a hot place you have to be pumping water underneath with uh right just different i mean methods. like different so environments need different methods of farming right? right and so we're learning so part of what we had to learn in a very bad way yeah. was that but we did learn it yeah this is arguably the worst man-made natural disaster sure. on the planet. Yeah. And it sucks that we had to, like, go through that as a, as a people right. to learn it. But, you know, at least, like, the bright side that I can take from one of the bright sides is this, is that we do learn. Right. You know, a horrible thing will happen, but you can learn from your mistakes. Right. You know, and I, I, another bright side that totally jumped out at me okay. was the efficiency and the e- efficacy of the government. <laughs> during the New Deal administration yeah. and doing, like, programs that were like actively designed to help and were targeted and were useful and that actually worked. Right. Like a wall of trees. I would never have thought of that, but they had scientists and they had like the best minds they threw at this and like dealt with it. Right. You know? And it was I think it's a really great example of, you know, it's 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 an enviable example of government working hard for a unified purpose. And right. that's like I think that's a huge bright side. Well and hopefully we can get back there. Yeah. Because we've been not doing We're going that. a different direction now. Yeah. You know, but I think that we have a terrible situation and we can learn from it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we want to learn. I would love to see the government working in this way again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I would be I would be really happy about that. Yeah. For many reasons. Yeah, sure. More plants. <laughs> Mostly because there would be more plants. Sure. Oh, oh. boner for trees. <laughs> <laughs> Your well, wood gives me wood. <laughs> Also, I mean, there's another obvious bright side. Which yeah. One of the greatest works of literature came out yeah. of it. Which I've never read. And you've never even bothered to read it. I've been reading other books. Oh, I'm sure you have. To Kill a Mockingbird. Sure, that's a good one. Yeah. My mom's books, Suzanne Brockman, New York Times bestselling author. You can find them on Amazon.com. Yep. So, yep. Her latest book, Seal Camp, is out. Congratulations, Suzanne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think that that's, I mean... You know, that's something. Yeah. For sure. No, and, and, and you know, one-eighth of Californians came from Oklahoma. Oh, also that. And We've there's some all good, the, good now people we're, here. Now we're more oaky strong here in California because yeah. of you. Thank you, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Where the gays come streaking down the plain. There's a great song that I can't, e- I can't even believe is not being played, like, constantly right now. Okay. It's, you can't take the homo out of Oklahoma. It's like, you can't take us, the gays, out of the USA. Look into that at us, if you can remember what the, uh, that patriotic song, you can't take us out of the USA. Yeah. Yeah. Find us and let me know what that song is, because I can't remember. Yeah, well, and also, take our polls. <laughs> that was so sexy. <laughs> is that how you tell, is, is that how you say it to Matt? Hey, take my poll. Take my poll. Yeah. Hey. I didn't want you to text no, me later next like, week that you still feel the poll. Totally. Inside you. That's how sexy time starts for you guys? Hey, yeah. take my poll. <laughs> I got a poll for you. Uh, yeah, we'll probably, uh, Mr. T. Gaffney will probably come up with a great poll on Twitter uh, for about this episode. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But uh, thanks, everybody, you for listening. dust anti-dust. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the anti-camp, for <laughs> sure. 
Uh, so thanks for listening. All right. Have a, a non-dusty day. Yeah, keep that dust out your anus. <laughs> That's a quote to live by. Yeah, speaking of bye. Bye. <laughs> we hope you've liked this episode of The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. If you did, please throw us some stars and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps others find the show. And if you didn't, just keep it to yourself or tell your diary. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BrightsideKNJ and on Facebook at The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. All our past episodes are also streaming on our website, www.thebrightsidewithkevinandjason.com. Until next week, don't forget to look, look on, on the, the Bright, bright Side! side.